Okay, we're back. Episode 10 of the podcast. I mentioned in earlier episodes that I feel like 10 episodes was a big milestone for me because I think the stats of people recording podcasts is that most people drop off uh, after episode 10 or maybe they don't even get to episode 10. So anyway, I think this is a pretty cool milestone to get to. I was actually listening back to my episode from last week because I use it as a bit of a a learning tool to make sure that um, I'm coming across clear and all that kind of stuff. It's also very cringy to listen to yourself back on a recording, but I noticed that there were a couple of very long pauses in the episode, so I don't know if you picked up on that or not. And that just comes down to my very novice skills with the software that I use, which is called Descript. I actually thought I'd, you know, reduce them and I uploaded it. And um, yeah, so there's a bit of dead silence in the um, last episode. So it's a learning curve. And that's been my goal with this podcast too, is that I really am learning this as I go. And um, there will be little stuff ups, I guess, along the way. But today's episode is called, Can You Take a Quick Look? And I feel like this is the sister term to can I pick your brain now what comes up for you when someone says that you know maybe you've experienced it before maybe you've asked someone can I pick your brain and I think a lot of the time it's a feeling of someone wanting something from you for free Um, and you know you might be in a headspace to to do that but sometimes they can be inconvenient requests But what I wanted to talk about is the phrase of, can you take a quick look? Can you take a quick look at this document? Can you take a quick look at this contract for me before I sign it? And I did a post a little while ago on Instagram with a very short caption about this, just kind of touching on this topic. And it touched a bit of a nerve. I did get a couple of DMs where people are saying, yeah, I know what that feels like because they are also service providers and they've had clients say that to them can you take a quick look can you make a quick change and there's a lot to it there's a lot more to it than just taking a quick look so that's what I wanted to talk about in today's podcast so as I said sometimes I get asked by clients to take a quick look at this contract this document this whatever and sometimes that actually means just looking at it in a quick time frame So I try not to read too much into that initial email and it requires a bit of digging further because sometimes it just means, yeah, I have a short time to do this and can you fit it in? But having said that, most of the time, it generally means I don't really want to pay for this because, you know, you're the skilled lawyer. You can look at this quickly and just tell me yes or no if I should sign it. And it was funny that I decided to do this topic for this podcast today because I actually saw this quote on Instagram yesterday and it went like this. I wrote it down. So this is verbatim. You don't get paid by the hour. You get paid for the value that you bring to the hour. And that's by Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N, maybe Ron. And I thought that was a really great quote to tie into this topic because, yes, there are things that I can do quite quickly because I've got experience and I'm an accredited specialist in business law so I've been doing this for 
a long time now. But what the client is really wanting, although they want your quick advice or your quick yes or no, they're actually wanting all of that knowledge that you have acquired and they're not wanting to transfer monetary value for that knowledge. And the other thing is that they also want to make sure that they are protected from all the bad things that might happen in that contract, from all the risks in that contract in a quick way. And for someone like me in the law, looking at risks is my job. So it's very hard for me to quickly say if you should sign a document, yes or no, because I don't know whether you will like the risks that are in the contract to say yes or no. And it usually involves a lot more than just, you know, looking at something and giving it a tick or a cross. And I think this is, a, you know, what happens in a lot of service industries is as you build your skills and your knowledge, yes, it takes you less time to do the task, but you're bringing all of that value, all of that knowledge and experience to that client in that circumstance. And for me, my job, as I said, is to look at the risks. It's to make sure that my clients understand what they're being asked to do in a document, what the risks are if they don't do the things that they said they were going to do, what happens to the other parts of the business if something goes wrong with this contract, or what happens to the business if you do enter into the contract. Do you need to update insurance for this contract? Um, Do you need to hire more staff? What are the cost implications of that? Can you cancel this contract if something happens with the business, if you lose a project that that impacts your cash flow? There's a lot that has to go into my quick book. And I think that often, especially in legal industry, clients think that, oh, if I get a lawyer to look at it, it's going to cost me a lot of money. And that's a really difficult question to or a difficult issue to get over in the legal industry because, yes, the services are generally more than other industries, I guess, would be a fair assumption. Lawyers charge in different ways. So some lawyers will charge on a time basis. So, yes, if they take three hours to look at that contract for you, that might be a quick look in the mind of a lawyer, but they that might might cost you $2,000. So the but the benefit of having it reviewed properly is that you know what you're getting into with your eyes wide open. Because the other thing too is that, you know, as lawyers, we have our own obligations. We need to make sure that, you know, we are doing a thorough job. We've, we take on a lot of risk in our role. And if we've said to someone, oh, yes, you can sign that, looks pretty good to me, maybe because I know what the risks are and how likely they might be to happen. If something went wrong in that contract, who do you think that client's going to call first? It's going to be the lawyer. And they're going to say, oh, I'm not really happy because XYZ has happened and you told me it was okay to sign. So it's it's a risk from a professional perspective to take a quick look at things. And as I said, that's not just the legal industry. Any service provider is being asked to look at something as a quick look. It should raise a bit of a red flag for you because you don't know what the full brief is from that client. They're not giving you the full picture sometimes. And ultimately, you'd be giving them advice or something that's got so many exceptions or if this we haven't looked at this or we haven't looked at that, that it's almost 
useless, the advice. So it does happen a bit. And the way that I have dealt with that now in my business is first of all to work out, yes, is it a quick time frame that they want or the in inverted commas <laughs> quick look? And once I've done that, it's saying, yeah, sure, I can look at this. This is my fee to review it. And nine times out of 10, the client comes back and says, yeah, that's fine. You know, um, happy to go ahead. And sometimes the client was just looking for a freebie quick look and they say, oh, no, that's fine. We'll, we'll just go ahead with it anyway. And I think that's a really uh, big lesson that I've had to learn that you don't have to work for free because it does add extra stress and risks to your business as well. So it's about having a simple conversation, a simple email to say, sure, I can help with that. Here's what the next steps are and not feeling bad about that because at the end of the day, you, you've got obligations to your clients. You've got, you know, probably professional indemnity insurance that you need to make sure that you're not, um, breaching as well, that you're, you know, complying with those requirements. So it's important to look at that from a business perspective. And the reason why this can be difficult, and I know this from personal experience, is because I often call myself a recovering people pleaser. And it's definitely started out early in my career where I was very happy to help everyone on anything. And I think that's a great way to start in your career. I think I actually spoke about that on another podcast. But it ended up coming to bite me in the back, so to speak, when I got later in my career and I just used to take on way too much, than, more than I could handle because I didn't want to upset people. I didn't want to upset my um, supervisors, didn't want to upset other people in the team, didn't want to upset clients rather than setting a really clear boundary and saying, I've got no capacity at the moment. I can do it in you know, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it was. And I think these conversations do become tricky when you're a business owner too, because if it is a, a past client coming to you asking for this quick look, you don't want to upset them. You don't want to have them be unhappy with your service. But one thing that I keep coming back to is clarity is kindness. I think that's a Brene Brown quote. And being clear, rather than saying, yes, I can look at it and then sending them an invoice for your time, and the client being unhappy about that, it's just easier to have that conversation up front, which is a great segue for me to lead into something called scope creep, which I see a lot, especially in creative industries where, and even in, in legal, it can happen as well, where clients aren't used to engaging those services. So they're not really familiar with exactly what's included. They might have a general idea of what's included in a website design or what a graphic designer will do for them or social media manager, but they won't know the ins and outs of your industry like you do. And scope creep happens where you've given them a brief or a scope of what you're going to do. And then the client might say, oh, thanks for that. Can you take a quick look at this post that I've done? Or can you draw up a quick graphic for this ad that I'm running? And it's outside of your scope and it can get really hard to rein the client in essentially. So what happens is that scope keeps creeping and creeping and creeping and the work that you're doing keeps expanding 
And it might be, you might think, oh, it's just a little thing. It won't take me long. But that's work that you would normally charge clients for. It's just that in this situation, it kind of has this snowball effect and it creeps up on you. Hence the term, term scope creep. So it is something that happens a lot with service-based businesses. And if you don't have a clear way of dealing with that, either in your terms of engagement, terms and conditions, or just how you approach that with your client when you first work with them, you can end up doing a lot of work for free. And not only does that hurt your cash flow in your business, it also means you're not being given value for the work that you do and you can start to feel maybe a little bit resentful for that, a bit burnt out because you're doing all this work and you're not actually able to focus on attracting new clients that would pay for that service necessarily. So it can have a lot of flow-on effects for your business. So it is something that terms and conditions can definitely help because you can set out a really clear scope of work, what's not included, what happens if they ask for extra work. So then you've reduced a bit of that awkwardness when a client does ask you to take the quick look. You can then say, sure, that's fine. Uh, Here's the process that's set out in the terms and conditions. Are you okay with going ahead with that? And it just takes away a bit of that friction of, oh, can I ask for more money? Can I tell them this is out of the scope? Are they going to get upset if I you know, say that this is now out of scope. It just creates a really clear process for you and your customer. And having it in terms and conditions, one thing I often say to the clients I work with, it's great to bring that discussion into the conversation, you know, bring it into that initial discussion you have with your clients when you're working with them about what happens if things move outside of the scope so that they're not going to be surprised when it does happen. And Most of the time, as I said, clients are happy to pay for the service. It's just that they're not familiar with the ins and outs of your particular industry. So we have to help them along a little bit. So I have recently been working on a free guide that deals with scope creep. So it explains a little bit more about what it is, which I've touched on in this podcast episode, um, how it affects your business and what you can do. And that free guide also I've put in there four email prompts that you can send. If you Even if you don't have terms and conditions, you can use these. If you think that a client is starting to ask for the quick look or you notice that your scope is creeping away from the original scope. So as I said, it's a free guide. You can download that and take a look and you can start using those email prompts straight away even if you don't have terms and conditions. And I will put the link to that in my show notes so you can check that out there. And that's it for me today, short and sweet on this one. I hope that you found that helpful. I struggle with this too as a business owner. You know, I've had to learn through some tough lessons as well. So I'm helping from practical experience but also the legal perspective as well. If you have any questions about this episode or you want to get in touch, you can send me a DM on Instagram. It's at Cardillo Law, and I'll leave that link in the show notes as well. That's all from me. Hooray for episode 10, and I'll catch you next time.